You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and this is Local Media This Week, the programme where we have a look at the local print media, the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion, which we have spread out here on the table in front of us. Uh, I'd like to, to welcome the panel here. First of all, Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're very welcome. Thanks, Jim. And uh, standing in for John S. today, uh, big shoes to fill, Pat <laughs> McNamara. Literally big shoes to fill and figuratively as well, but we'll do the best we can and best wishes to John. And as always, David Fleming. David, great to see you again. And welcome back, Jim. Thank you very much. Now, uh, I suppose looking at the papers today, and we'll start with the front page. Uh, the front page of the Clare Champion. Relief, joy and elation for Clare families. And it's all about a miracle cystic fibrosis treatment made available to Clare children following a landmark agreement between the HSE and the manufacturer. And Jessica Quinn has the story. David, great news for people who are in families where cystic fibrosis is a problem. Yeah, it, 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 very much so. And um, this, is, this is in particular is a story about a drug, a, what has been called, Jim, a miracle drug because it has such dramatic impact on, on people who have this awful disease of cystic fibrosis. What had happened in this instance was the drug had been introduced into the country, um, but people, and particularly children, with a particular type of, of DNA or genome were excluded. Um, obviously, those parents... Now, it wasn't... They were only excluded in this country and one or two other places because in other countries, they weren't excluded, seemingly. Um, across Ireland, 35 children aged between 6 and 11, according to the story, story by Jessica Quinn, with a particular genotype, had been excluded from access to the drug uh, CAFT trio, I think it's pronounced. However, the HSE confirmed this week that after robust and lengthy engagements with the manufacturer Vertex, the drug has been approved for these children. So it's a small number of children, but it will hopefully make a dramatic impact not only in the lives of these children, but actually on the parents. And I was listening to <coughs> an interview on uh, or Morning Ireland, I think it was, during the week, where one of the parents uh, was talking about her relief that this drug w was being made available to her two children who have cystic yeah. fibrosis. She was talking, it was very emotional, she was talking that this drug will extend their lives and uh, these children who... Cough, constantly coughing with this issue in their lungs and con constant mu mucus have no relief, can hardly breathe. And she said, this drug will allow them to breathe for the first time. Yes. Yeah. I, I was, if I may come in, I was yeah. struck there by uh, Jessica Quinn's uh, article on the front page there of the champion. And I think, you know, you know that we, we hype, we hype about, put in hyperbole about sport and about th the meaning, what it means for us and winning and all this crap. But Barbara, the mother of Barbara Buckley, the mother of, of the young lady said, with, with the cystic fibrosis, says, "We've been waiting, waiting, and waiting for so long that when it finally happened, you don't even believe it. It's just wonderful. We didn't sleep a wink because of the adrenaline that was running so much. We're very excited that she will have it in their hands in a matter of days or weeks. You know that we go on about sport, but this is a life and death matter for them. Yes. And you know, she speaks about the adrenaline and not sleeping and the excitement of it. So it just brings home. It's a beautiful. It's just for me. It brings home. You know, there are these little hidden morals." semi-hidden stories we don't get and yet there's pages splashed but yeah. uh, you know it's winning good. a dancing competition or a sports competition or whatever is on TV at the time you know I think it's I think it's lovely and it's wonderful news this is, is life for death yes yeah, and they're actually hoping now as well that you, uh, they can go back to from uh, two years to five years that that, that, that group and yes. uh, that they're, they're going to uh, future proof it to, yeah. to see could they the extend yeah. it back to, uh, from two to five. Yes, yeah, it's, it's always been a huge issue though. Like, <coughs> on the one hand, the cost of drugs mm. versus the life saving, which is yeah. what, what you're talking about mm. there. Mm. And, um, and I suppose it's, it's a constant battle for, you know, the, for the government or for the the group that is in charge of yeah. this in the, in the yeah. Department of Health. Because it, it is it's very much money, money, money. But what I was just reflecting on when you were all talking there is, isn't science brilliant when it can, when our scientists, yeah. and it's not Irish scientists, I don't know who which scientists are, but when scientists can come up mm. with something like this. It is, uh, yeah. uh, It really is. Yeah. And it's uh, happened in so many fields, so many areas of, of medicine and yeah. so many diseases. Mm. 
Okay, we'll stay with that general area. Pat, maybe uh, if you have a look at the front page of the Clare Echo, and uh, there's a cancer shock for Clare woman on the day her pregnancy was confirmed, which is a you know, pretty, yeah. I suppose, a grim story from her point of view and a very worrying story for, for anybody in that position. Yeah, it's, it's a leading, leading article here on the, on the Clare Echo, Jim. Uh, Park McMahon has the story. A Clare mother of two found out she was pregnant with her third child the same day she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And the Irish, uh, it also refers to the Irish Cancer Society's daffodil day takes place on Friday the 24th. Uh, I suppose it will be over when we are going out, when we go out on, on air. Yeah, but I think it's not too late to contribute. No, people can still contribute, yeah. And the Clare woman currently undergoing treatment is encouraged people to support this in any way possible. Late last year, Clara Jones was, delighted with, was diagnosed with breast cancer and discovered she was four weeks pregnant all on the same day. She now is 26 weeks pregnant and undergoing treatment. She will have one more session of chemotherapy before the baby is induced in 26 weeks and then her chemotherapy will recommence at four weeks. Yeah. So I suppose this... It's a tough story for her as well, mm. like, you know, and mm. I suppose she's probably encouraging people to go out and support the uh, cancer. I suppose to go, uh, yeah. the to go def- broadly from, from that uh, poor lady's story, which hopefully will have a happy ending. Uh, I suppose it's, it's just so important that people, suppose women who discover or think they have any little cyst, because sometimes a cyst can be mostly, more or less harmless, and most of them are very harmless, but I suppose the thing is if you have any... any qualms at all about any little lump or cyst I suppose it should be get looked at mm. earlier the better in, mm. in all cancer so and I suppose that's is just a general point there something there Pat the about yeah. men is this a gender thing are men less likely to do to do what you've just well, advised well the evidence seems to be that way and I don't have any hard evidence myself from research but from listening to discussions on radio and everywhere else you do, you, you think oh definitely mm. there's a ma- not a macho thing it's much of a fear thing mm-hmm. some guys are macho I'll be fine more guys are afraid and probably is covering up the fear that mm. probably I discover so mm-hmm. yeah I think it nor it'll go away hidden the same mm-hmm. thing and I suppose mm-hmm. men are encouraged now as well and I think they say it's improving but certainly we all knew men who didn't go to the doctor unless they were nearly at that storm yeah, had to be yeah, carried there yeah, and yeah, so that's yeah. hopefully changing you know yeah. it needs mm-hmm. to and, and particularly with cancer the earlier indeed that's vital they say yeah. that's vital yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah okay just go on from from health matters to education matters because both papers both the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion uh, have St. Flannan's in their sites this week page 4 in the Clare Echo and um page six in the Care Champion, and there seems to be a lot of conflict. A holy row. Yes. <laughs> a holy row. And maybe a holy show, I don't know, but the, the headline in the, in the Echo is, uh, holy row over 25 million hospital intensifies, and this is the the row. Um, it's, it's, becoming, it, it's becoming serious, I think, now. So, just to give listeners a recap, St. Flannan's College and the HSE are the, are the main protagonists in this story. Um, the HSE want to build a community hospital and they have identified, they identified a site, uh, a greenfield, part of St. Flannan's College. Um, it's for sale for 25 million or that's the purchase price that has been agreed. No, uh, that's the cost. That's the cost. The cost of the, the building. Of the co- uh, yeah, and uh, we actually the, the, the bishop hasn't revealed no, how much no, the, the cost yet. Anyway, it hasn't been revealed. The no. bishop has agreed to sell it, but the school authorities, according to this, the and by school authorities I mean the board of management, uh, led by its secretary Father Ignatius McCormack, have stated, according to uh, both papers, that. The board is well aware of the need of a suitable site for the proposed hospital, but respectfully suggests when they when anybody uses the word respectfully, <laughs> they have no respect <laughs> that our suit that that other suitable sites which do not cut across existing intensive use by a large proportion of the youth of the area must be available. So so it, the row has now escalated. Uh, we were earlier. It was earlier reported a few weeks back that the teachers were against it. That's right. Yes, there were. There was a picture of them Fine sta- picture, yeah. standing out. On mm. the, That's yeah. right. I'd have to say, I, as a past pupil of St. Flannan's and having and probably sorry, Joe, if I may say, it's probably the only 
uh, illustrious past pupil who is now the head of a huge <laughs> media organisation, CEO of a massive media organisation, mainly us. Yes, go ahead, go ahead. But having having played Gaelic football and soccer at a very basic level on those pitches, uh, I, I would hate to see it go, um, because you never know what like the the. If they can sell one field, then they can sell another, another one, field yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and make it smaller and smaller. And I'm not quite sure how many pupils are, or many students in St. Flannan's. But I know so when I was there, and I don't think it's changed that much, this, the grounds and the facilities there were a huge part of life in school and a huge benefit to everybody there. So mm. I, I, would, I would dread to see that mm. the, the grounds yeah. made smaller. But Father Albert MacDonald, on behalf of the diocese property arm, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, said that um, the St. Flannan's Diocesan Trust, who own the land, i.e. the bishop, and the bishop appoints the trustees to, the, to this property arm, lodged a letter with the council, Jim, which stated that the trust do not intend to use the planned hospital site for the future development of the school. What would you say to Father Albert MacDonald? I, I would... I would have more faith in the board of management and the teachers who who have have hands-on experience with how it works. You Mm. know, that's Mm. the way. What what do you think, Bad? I would think think so. I I hate to see uh, any any sports grounds being used for for a building. There's a a huge area of ground out by Our Lady's Hospital that's lying idle for I don't know how many years. And, and it would be a lot more suitable place for, for, um, for a community hospital. Yeah. Yeah. It's not or any, any hospital yeah. that would be you know, suitable for anything. It's I a community hospital, Pat, uh, like what we have here in Tomb Graney. Is, is it that yeah. type of a ho- setup? Yes, yes. Definitely. Yeah. Raheen is a, a Raheen or Tomb Graney, as you say, is mm. a community is a community facility, yeah. It's, uh, it's going to replace the one there in, in Lifford. No, the, the, uh, the oh, St. Joseph's. Yes, yeah, St. Joseph's. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Replacing mm. Yeah. But the idea of selling off ground, I mean, I think back to the late mm. 1950s. But for a school, when, particularly. When the West yeah. Clare Railway was shut mm. down, mm. which was for economic reasons, that's fair enough. But the land was sold. Mm. I mean, wouldn't it be a fantastic walkway now? Oh, yeah. Greenway. Yeah. Do you know well, I know, I know where we, we want to get to the greenways, and greenways there are particular views yeah. about the greenways now going to be articulated by Pat O'Brien, but I agree with you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we leave fans with that, but we'll, we'll be watching, I suppose. One of the other things that has been... Um, is in the papers. We, might, we won't get to the greenways maybe for a little bit, but... Uh, in the, the heritage deal that we have spent so much time on this programme discussing, because it's been all over the papers for months and months and months, um, but apparently it's uh, passed closer to the line. Well, we're hearing the, the heading in the, in the papers every week um, is, is coming closer, but we, we, we don't know when, 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 when it's going to be uh, signed off on. It's imminent, Pat. Let's get away from Well, that's in Owen Ryan's uh, article. Anyway. It was imminent yeah. last September. Yeah. <laughs> well, and a year ago as well. Yeah, I think yeah. Deputy Crow around Christmas time said it's yeah. just around the corner. <laughs> yeah, but, but it mightn't be imminent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are two, there are two, you have the front page of the Clare Champion which says Shannon Heritage transfer deal on the horizon. And then you have page 12 uh, of the Echo heritage sites transfer at crunch stage uh-huh. so so Porrick <laughs> seems to think that there's still a bit more negotiating going on I, I think they're running out of metaphors <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, but spe- speaking the doll Claire TD Michael McNamara according to Owen Ryan's piece said that he understood an agreement had been reached and he said, I understand the deal is now imminent. Mm-hmm. That's Pat's, <laughs> Pat's phraseology there. I would like to express, and then express uh, thanks to everybody for yeah. coming to the deal. Um, but but uh, Porig McMahon says uh, the local authority chiefs will meet with the Department of Transport officials again next week to try finalise a deal to take over the ownership of Bunratty Castle and Folk Park, Craganone, Napogue and the Cliffs of Moher gift shop. So uh, Now in fairness, yeah, in fairness to Carl Crow, he's speaking one clear way on this one. The con- he's, he, he says he believes an agreed figure, a figure has been agreed, a substantial figure. It's quite close to the initial ask. It's agreed with both sides and it's gone to Mr. Pascal Donoghue in the Department of Public Expenditure for a final sign-off. It puts an end to the saga, uh, running, for, running since summer 2021 and it has made real headway 
and uh, instead of having to translate with five departments, the council only had to engage with one department and one minister, and this allowed things to move more efficiently. So at least in this situation here, um, Carl, I have to give him credit, is heading one way. This is a done deal. The finances are fixed, and it's only a matter of, I'd say, signing off. We're looking for fifteen million, Pat. Yes, that's right. Now it says here a lesser sum. A beat one still in excess of ten million. There's a nice bit of money between ten million and there fifteen is. million. And, and not uh, when you're uh, up in the high levels uh, of all the earnings. Do, do <laughs> they expect then the rate payers and the property pack, p- the property tax payers, and we all here are property tax payers, mm-hmm. to pick up the balance, Pat? Pat O'Brien. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know what they're supposed to do. Yeah, I suppose the, the, somebody needs to pick it up anyway. Yeah. But then again, but then again, maybe the council might be uh, maybe going a bit over the top. Did you think they overegged the pudding? The yeah, other they might have their negotiating. Yeah. So <laughs> fifteen million that they were looking at ten, maybe, maybe. all along. Yeah. 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 This is it. Yeah. And probably <laughs> the civil servants knew all about it, <laughs> and that's why they dug their heels in as well. Yeah. And any, anyway, uh, I, I I I was reading um, on my on my phone the other day about uh, a green. Way in Dublin, a, a cycleway and walkway, which was cost, cost for 2.7 kilometres, was going to cost 38 million above near Crow Park. Mm. Now, that's probably for sure. We all know that up there near yeah. Crow Park is, is, is hallowed ground, hallowed ground <laughs> and you could double the cost of anywhere else because, put, of, because of it. If you put two more million, you, you'd have, you, you could, you could uh, have uh, uh, wastewater infrastructure in it. Is um, eight villages around County Clare that doesn't have any. Yeah, but I don't think you can you Mm, can't break up the national budget like that. You know, you because one department is given. So there's Irish Water that has given a certain amount budget, and you can't be taking robbing Peter and paying Paul in this instance. Yeah, but we all think that. But it's it's like public art. We could get rid of the National Gallery, and we could have about two wastewater facilities. But we wouldn't, (laughs) would we? But the, uh, the Green Party, like, uh, probably pushing all those. Like, uh, if you go out the door now, you'll have a Greenway in 10 years' time. I think the Crow Park on the path, the plan here, and I know what it is, it's going to go back to the 1920s and 30s. People will get as far as the Red Cow, park their cars, and they'll cycle to Crow Park <laughs> on, the, on the Greenway. Just like old times. <laughs> yes. And say, they're helping the environment. And yeah, you should be cycling from Scarif. Some people in the past. They did, I know. And we probably know people who did. I certainly know people who cycle yeah. to Thurles, for sure. I do. As I see the Green Park, you're pushing all those greenways. And uh, are we putting the cap before the house? Uh, if we look at Belly Rohan there, oh, the sewer is just running and carrying a hole. Michael Mack well, is of course, not taking an available. The Green Party would love the horse and cart again. So whichever order they were in. I think we're all in favour of greenways because of the amount of economic opportunity it brings can we talk yeah. about greenways now because there's a bit we about can. greenways in the papers mm. but before we talk about greenways and on a general point is it fair then that those of us who live in rural areas are uh, militated against are victimized because to provide us with the same facilities that one provides for but say dublin residents it's much more expensive so therefore, should we yeah. do without no. them simply because we live in the? Uh, that's another way of looking at it. Well, uh, you, you could, you can look at it that way. Cork um, as well, of like course. you can. Any any, any urban area is yeah. going to be more expensive because there's more demand for property. There isn't as much demand for places mm. for property anywhere else in the country. No, well, but should people then in the country suffer and do without because there aren't enough people? Um, in the rural areas, but it's a, it's 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 just part of demography. If if you could do what they did in Cambodia in the 1960s, got people got people out of the big cities, and forced them into the countryside, but that was a fairly large disaster, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm. Yes, it was. I suppose that the thing on that is, you probably in in urban areas where there is say a bit of overcrowding and traffic congestion. Quality of life isn't great. I have no great sympathy now. I don't live there and I don't intend to live there at this stage of my life in any urban area. And so we have a quality of life in the countryside, which means we have fresher air, we have space, we have less traffic. So the balance then is, I suppose, in trying to improve the quality of life, say, and, and, and congestion in a city. And is there a, is there a corresponding investment in something in the rural sides? And we, we don't mm. think there is sometimes. What they can do for us, Pat, is, is a good question. Mm. Because... There are so many little villages and, and scattered up between each other and so many rural areas, but no village hardly. How would you invest in that? 
Which should keep everybody happy around the country. It's a, it's a major living, question. Should rural living then and rural industry be incentivised? But I yes. think it is incentivised. Because the government has various rural programmes. The amount of money that Europe has invested in the country for rural initiatives. Look at the leader programme. I, I, most of the leader money is spent in in outside of Dublin. But look, I would at, have look at how Dublin is expanding. But that's not it's a ridiculous level. Yeah, but that's because people want to live in Dublin, don't they? Hmm. Well, you see, you've an awful lot. I don't think the government you've is forcing people to live in Dublin. I think people want to live in Dublin. You've an awful lot. There are opportunities. You've there. an awful lot of big business in Dublin as well. Just you've a lot of, of yeah. all, all, all the big all the big companies. But to be fair, yeah. to be fair, I know what you're saying now. The two paths. But that's why we do have an IDA. And to be fair to the IDA, they have they have portioned out a lot of the industries. Oh, yeah. So I know, it, for example, with Limerick now, one of the strategies for Limerick is never to allow a, a, a massive organization like Dell to come in. They want smaller organizations because if one big organization, yeah. big, big, big company goes, as Dell did, it creates a massive problem economically yes. for yes. the region. Good. Uh, so, so I think there is a strategy there. We don't often hear about it. Hmm. You're right. No, I, I, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in fairly much agreeing with you. I think there is a lot of genuine um, efforts, maybe at Europe level and at an Irish level, to assist rural Ireland. But the point is, it's, such, it's, it's you know, rural, we're never going to have a proper transport service in rural Ireland in the first year, let's say the next few years, or the next 10 or a couple of decades, because how do you serve really small places with hardly anyone on them mm. even they've tried with the train you know that, that Limerick Shannon train I mean there's so many things you could talk about in that line mm. Mm. the thing is I think one of the ways is the smaller when you hear of a business extension or, or jobs coming on the news of the morning at turn on the radio 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock they will say it's coming to Dublin or Kildare or whatever and as you say we don't want to but if we get if you could get people coming in who are starting businesses with applying 40, 50, 60, 80 people and they could be brought to your Shannons, your Ennis's, your Limericks, your Galways. I think that's one way of creating, you know, deep repopulating the countryside. Yeah, but just in in the wastewater treatment uh, thing, there was a big debate in the door in the last couple of days about it and Richard O'Donovan from Limerick, I was watching him on on the door. Patrick O'Donovan? Yeah. No, not not, not Not him, no. Independent fellow, no, not... Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. This fellow was an independent and he named out four or five um, places in Brough and Hospital and different places in County Limerick where... They, they had houses. Well, there was houses ready to go up, but they couldn't build them because they had no, they had no, no waste. They, had, they hadn't no enough water. of, of, of uh, capacity for wastewater treatment. It was the same thing there. We had, we discussed it a, a couple of weeks ago back in in, in the Hinge, where there was a, a scheme of houses, something like thirty six houses or something, and they were stopped because they, they had no wastewater treatment. Could That's we not? Could we not allow some of those houses to proceed, or should we not allow them to proceed on the basis that the wastewater treatment plants will come? Maybe. Not in the yeah. next five years, mm. but the fear is that small places would die in the meantime. Yeah, like I don't know, Jim, but like it looks like we're putting the 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 cat before the horse and a lot of those yeah. a lot of those things. But our problem is underinvestment for the last five decades, mostly by our county councils who are in charge of water treatment and water facilities. Just on the one good news for one area um, is that planning application to be lodged for Ballyvaughan wastewater plant. You'll be glad to hear, Pat. Um, by What's Irish it? Water, it'll it'll take according two years, two yeah. years, twenty twenty five, if it all goes to plan, and if nobody objects, and if they get planning permission but so i think it's very slow like most mm-hmm. things in this country um i would have hoped they could speed it up yeah. like i think our problem jim is if we go ahead with what you're suggesting we'll be fined by europe mm-hmm. because that that waste will be going into our rivers and somewhere else and be destroying the place yes and, and I think we had 8 million people here before the famine. Mm. Um, they had to go outside to go to the toilet. But the waste was spread out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, oh, there, and there was no treatment plants <laughs> of any sort. Yeah, that's a good, uh, fair point. Um, I, I think you'd like to go... I think you're adopting a Pol Pot sort of <laughs> attitude here, huh? <laughs> Force everybody into the countryside, mm. all 8 million of us. Well, listen, I'm going to send you off into the countryside now because uh, you're bursting to get going to the Greenway. Well, I am. Um, there's all sorts of news. <laughs> um, 
uh, what is it? Pat has said 38 million is being spent in Dublin on, a, on two, two, two kilometers. Or shows. Or two two kilometers. Kilometer yeah. But anyway, there is 25 million being spent for a greenway in uh, in Ennis Diamond. There's a, the, the space there. You can read it yourselves, page 15. Um, because it's not East Clare, I suppose we can move on. From Ennis in, Diamond. From Enniston, the land is so poor there. You see. If, if this was North Cork now, you'd be paying double that. Um, but there is another interesting article uh, from our point of view. Page nine, isn't it? Page champion, nine, I think, yeah. is it of the champion? Yeah, that's the, 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 the Limerick to the Scarif one. You yeah. go ahead there, Pat. Well, it's just that um, Michael McNamara, again, as, as he's, a, he's a very busy man this weekend, he was talking about the proposed greenway which would cross the River Shannon over the Black Bridge and follow the old Arena Canal to Clonlara and over Irons Bridge, then across publicly owned lands to Killaloo and onwards towards Scarif. But Deputy McNamara uh, says there's a pinch point, and that is the ESB, which I think is owned by the state, uh, are not allowing this uh, greenway to cross at Partine Weir, which is the ideal place for it, and which tourists would flock to, he says. The ESB says they cannot have a greenway with tourists going along its embankment. Uh, this is Dan Danher's article on, page, on the champion page 9. And he, and, uh, he says, that may be the case, it may have a legitimate concerns, but he says, Surely the ESB, with all the, the what was the creation of Arthur Crusher 100 years ago and the technology involved, surely now they could have enough yeah. ingenuity to enable our Greenway to buy, to pass there at, at Parking Weir. D- I, the ESB, I, they've made massive profits in the last few years. 800 million. I think, I, I know, uh, I come from an organisation where we have health and safety coming out of our oxsters. It's the ESB health and safety officer. Ah, we can't have that. We can't have people walking along the embankment. That's a very unfortunate attitude. There's people walking up and down constantly, constantly, yeah. and on all sorts of embankments. The article in the Champion, which shows a picture there of O'Brien's Bridge, and where there is a footpath, and there's no protection or anything, but people don't fall into the bloody thing. But the picture is in the echo, isn't it? Just to clarify. Sorry, the yeah. echo. Yeah, where no did I say yeah. it was? It yeah. I presume yes, the same could, story. You could build a fence. And it you could build a fence. Take that much of the 28 yeah. million. You could, but I, I hope. 25 million. Like Deputy yes. McNamara, I hope. The, I hope common sense prevails. Yes. If Luke was here, he'd be he'd be throwing his eyes up, <laughs> upwards. <laughs> but but can I ask Jim? Pat, Pat O'Brien seems to be against. All these greenways. Is that right, Pat? No, I'm not against them all. No, you just have to say that. You're not against these fair ones. Come on. You said all these greenways, and it's the Green Party (laughs) proposing them, and you're totally against them. And against spending 38 million on two kilometres of of a greenway above in Dublin. Full stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you deprive the poor Dublin people of that Uh, bit of greenery. They have lots of they have have lots of places to walk anyway. Yeah, but you wouldn't be opposed to this boardwalk there on the Liffey Shore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they don't like the boardwalk. The the potential, if they get this right, so if they get the greenway right for East Clare, it could bring an awful lot of people into this part of the world. And then the stars are linking that to Portum and Dublin and the whole. National system. If you can link it all up, fabulous. It it could be fabulous. Um, But uh, we we're often wondering where the route will be. Um, The route hasn't been decided. And if 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 somebody is going, we'd say they're going linking it up to uh, the one from Minas, maybe down to Kerry. And if someone wants to go through Bridaik, will there be a toilet there? They won't even have wastewater structure (laughs) in Bridaik. Have a a toilet in Bridaik. If someone (laughs) wants to go to the toilet. (laughs) I did. I hold on a second. I did. Uh, I did part of the Mayo one. I did part of the Mayo, which was the first Greenway ever. Newport, Newport West West. and I did. I yeah. cycled to that it's a lovely, many years ago. It's lovely. Well, I just enjoyed it enormously yeah. with the fact that these were small enough. You see, yeah. you can, it's a lovely. And the Dungarvan one is lovely. So safe, yeah. Yeah. brilliant. Patch, but yeah. the toilets are based. The toilets, the restaurants, etc., are based in the towns. Mm. Now you can try and go around the ditch or something, but uh, I don't think the farmers would like that. <laughs> But uh, Free for it's, it's, I'd say poor Badike. <laughs> It'll be Scarif is where the toilets will be. <laughs> there was a, a walkway up in, in you see it in the news last night up in Wicklow where the store up because some fellow insisted taking his dogs in where there was um, a sheep. Where the sheep. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, and then you and then when the farmer stopped him, he insulted him. He did, he see, did. that's missing. That then, missing he's yeah. a closed off completely now. Uh, there you go. Which is a lovely, was a lovely uh, yeah. television. But was a lovely w- one. What we would like Porig and our other journalists to do maybe for a 
future edition is to show us the potential routes um, because it talks here of phase two option selection process. The route hasn't been decided, but there is a general idea, I think, of where the route might be. And it'd be nice to see a, a map of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, listen, we have reached half time, believe it or not. Oh, um, yes, we haven't got to a few um, items that we, we'll try and get to them in part two. But I suppose we need a bit of music to, to clear the air a bit. <laughs> and our, our discussion nearly went down the toilet there for a while, Jim. So. <laughs> Thankfully, it's all good again. Anyway, green. What, what are you proposing? Yeah, today? we're a Melky Brooks, Jim, with um, Pearls of Singer. Okay, lovely uh, track. Back mm. from the. 1970s, 70s. maybe. Yeah. Fine husky voice she has. Pearl's a singer. She stands up when she plays the piano. In a nightclub. Pearl's a singer. You're very welcome back. You're listening to Scarlet Bay <coughs> Community Radio and this is Local Media This Week. And Local Media This Week is sponsored, very kindly sponsored, by Ruth <coughs> Griffin Photography. Uh, and Ruth is in Fecal. Now, looking, and that was Elkie Brooks and uh, the Pearls of Singer, that uh, Pat's choice. And we'll have another choice from Pat before we finish up later on. Uh, Pat, you saw a, a very good uh, piece, of, a piece of good news yep. there on the paper in relation to a new health service in Ennis. Particularly with regard to health, uh, one of the one of the burning issues of the day. Yeah, Claire said to get it. This is an article. It's not actually uh, credited, but it's on page twelve on the Ennis Town section. It's, of course, it's probably Jessica Quinn. Uh, who covers the section of Innes Town on page 12 of the Champion. She says that Clare's get its first MRI unit at its primary care centre on Station Road. That's that very impressive new modern building, building Station yeah. Road there. Opposite Madden's Furniture, yeah. Uh, currently, patients in need of MRI scans have to travel outside Clare with the nearest units in Limerick and Galway. And uh, she's just added that within Ennis, the newly opened primary care centre is an appropriate location. Planning permission was granted on three conditions, including that external signage be submitted to a planning authority for agreement prior to occupation, all that. Uh, so basically, it's very, very good news uh, for, you know, MRIs are something that are really, really important when people have to have a, a thorough examination mm. and people aren't often feeling when they need it. When you need an MRI, you're not feeling at your best. So travelling off the Galway or Limerick is now out of the question to go travelling to Ennis uh, quietly and into that very impressive new building and uh, it's just a piece of good news I don't think it needs much more discussion unless you want to add to it but uh, I'm delighted to yeah, see it yeah I was talking to an officer yesterday and she said she was moving in there tomorrow hmm. into, the, into, into that uh, yeah. uh, into the, into building the new yeah. facility in Ennis yeah and she, she named out a lot of, lot of facilities that a lot it's of a very, it's, a very big, it's a large building a lot must happen yeah. in there that yeah. I don't know about mm. yet yes. oh, maybe some yeah. you know or we can find out more Okay, uh, David, um, I see on uh, page six of the Care Champion uh, a new book uh, in relation to your uh, place of work, yes, University of Limerick. Well, it's, I'm delighted uh, to report, Jim, that, um, well, I'm delighted to see it being reported, a new book edited by Professor Joe, Joseph O'Connor, whom many listeners will know. Um, he is Professor of Creative Writing in my place, but he's more widely known as one of Ireland's best novelists. Mm -hmm. Brother of Sinead, of course. A brother mm -hmm. of Sinead, exactly. And uh, this, book, this book is a beautiful collection of 50 pieces uh, just celebrating life in the university, um, uh, reflections, I suppose, of the last 50 years, but certainly contemporary. And it's named Dreams um, in honour of Dolores O'Riordan. Um, um, yeah, Very nice. uh, Dreams, 50 years of creativity, culture and community at the University of Limerick. Bill Whelan, I was at the launch of it um, on, on Wednesday, and Bill Whelan, the composer a native of Limerick, of course. Um, the university gave him an honorary doctorate. He has a little piece in it, and he I was would, there. I wouldn't be surprised if it even a bigger role to be at the launch now, behind the scenes. Uh, well, well... You well, might as well, don't be, don't be humble. <laughs> well, it was... Anyway, on, uh, on behalf of the university, I asked Professor O'Connor to, to do this book. Um, so uh, I was delighted to see it come. Now, of course, I, being an old-fashioned historian, thought it would be very different, but I'm actually, I'm delighted my, my uh, vision didn't come through because this is a much better book. 
Um, but it's a type of book that you can just dip into. It's, there's poetry, there's stories, there's re- reflections, there's everything. So if you have any connection with the university at all, whether you have a son or daughter. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Or, you know, you just like creative writing and, and reading. Yeah. It's a beautiful. It's just interesting to see purchase. David in relation name, to some the of the contributors. Yeah. Yeah, the name Joe Connor. For young and old, too, would, as well. Would, would yeah. attract Absolutely. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. It would. But also, you have Paddy Meskell and Noel Hogan of the Cranberries. Irish rugby legend Paul O'Connell. There's an interview with rap artist Denise Chyla, who often appears on TV there. She's very, very talented. Winning author Dona Ryan, human rights activist Dana Vuma, and the president, Michael D., and many, many other people who have connections. That's and as right. those of us who were kids yeah. went to UN, we got used to it going in and out there. Yeah. It's, like, it's wonderful to see that. And, and one of the re- best, we, uh, we had a few little pieces read for us at the launch. One of the best, there's something called, on Twitter, something called UL Confessions. And it's where students anonymously can say whatever they like, actually. And uh, Joe O'Connor went to whoever controls UL Confessions and asked them, could, we, could they use them? And, and the, 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 there's 50 of these extracts, little one, little liners. You know, Twitter now, it's very short, very yeah. short comments. And it's mostly sort of, um, uh, I fancy the pants off your woman over <laughs> there sort of thing. There's a few comments like that, a few serious ones as well about the current housing cri- crisis mm. and all that. Yes. But just for that alone, I think current students and, uh, and young people out there will appreciate that single chapter. Lovely. Okay. Uh-huh. Well done to everybody. Uh, Pat, it was a great weekend for rugby last weekend in our, with, with the winning of the Grand Slam for both the seniors and the under-20s. But uh, I see on page 13, is it, of the Care Champion, uh, it, a, another double, a double of different, a rugby double of different kind for County Clare, for Killaloo and for St Anne's School. Yes, and then, yeah, um, once the Rugby Cup double hailed as an amazing achievement for, for St. Anne's. Uh, they won the Senior Cup last year as well, Jim, and they were meeting the Jonah Vinyl, but the, the Jonah ladies um, won as well this year now, and the Senior, so it's, it's just marvellous. Uh, the only staff will be there in, in 2015, and um, they have won the, the, I suppose the, the equivalent of the Hertie Cup yes. in, 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 in ladies' rugby. Yeah. But of course, Killaloo has a great history. It has a great history. Rugby. It has, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, the Juno team coming along as well, winning as well, as now this. Yeah. yeah. For, for Clare schools, because, um, you know, Clare schools, uh, they're not traditionally rugby schools, mm-hmm. like, you know. With the massive, you know, with the massive uh, tradition in the Cork schools, the Limerick schools of rugby, whether male or female, I presume, female rugby is only creating its new traditions nowadays I suppose it's not that long a thing but it's wonderful that there's a, a clear school that's a bit of help from Tipperary across the bridge I would say in terms of playing numbers but and uh, where, do, where, where would these girls go ultimately like what team after school or beyond school where I'd is say UN Bohemians would be the big strongest team within that area uh, in terms of okay. Next step on to it. And are there other women's clubs in County Clare? Yeah, but all the, all the senior clubs in, in, it's in now a strong women's girls section. Yeah, quite strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the East Clare has the mini set up for girls. I'm not sure how far that has gone yet, Jim, and I'm genuinely not sure mm-hmm. how that has gone. But no, they started the girls yeah, playing. Right. Um, yes, and, and I mean, the most noted female rugby player in Scarif would be Robin McKenna. Mac McKenna's daughter. And, yeah, and I'm not sure which club she plays for now, but. Uh, she, she could be UL both. I'm not, sh- I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. Or maybe it's still Bellin Anyone, anyone, sure. anyone with very good potential anyone will be picked up by the, the big clubs and the likes yeah, of UL yeah. Bowes or, or, or Gary Owen. And we'll go on or, or, hopefully to mm. Munster. Yeah, I'll go on to Munster. Right. 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 Now, some of them will play Innes. Innes have a very strong... Innes uh, a strong girl section. Yeah, yeah. They have. They've won, they've won a few matches. And Kilrush, I think, as well. Yeah. Kilrush are doing it as well, so... Okay, listen, there's great, uh, great promotion of, of ladies' uh, sport. Because uh, the national uh, team then going well has, has just has added, fed the fire. Yeah. Okay. And we must congratulate Andy Farrell and, uh, and, and, uh, Absolutely. and the Irish team and, uh, and, the, and the under-20s team as well. Absolutely have a fabulous right, win as yes. well. And, uh, yeah. and we'll, I suppose as we speak, Clare Drama Festival is on. It started on Friday night and uh, it's mentioned there in the East Clare page as well. And it's a great occasion. Um, drama lovers in East Clare come from all over East Clare that's right and there's a be- nice picture there of Shea O'Neill Noel Hogan Idel O'Grady Evan Brennan and Michael Kelly in full flight as it were um, acting out the field by John B. Keane I suspect and um, yeah there, there's a very full schedule this year For it's the 74th 
So it's been going, they've had 74 runs at it. Yes. So um, it's really impressive for an, an organisation like that, that the continuity is there. It's an institution at this stage. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. uh, there's um, the website, the old photographs of East Clare. I don't know if you've ever got, looked at that on, on, online there. There are some fabulous old photographs of the, the men and women who were involved in the earlier days of the drama group. People like Patrick O'Pecan, Paddy Vaughan, yeah. Yeah. Mm. of the school over the there. Aidan O'Byrne, the Sparlings and all of those, you know, That's and right, yeah. many more. Others and there was obviously. a lovely book brought out there. Was it for the 50th? Or, or it could have been, yeah, you could be right. Maybe yes. the 60th of the, the, fest, the drama, drama festival. There's a deep tradition there. And the original, like, in, in the Aston, the Aston, I, I, I was in the Aston. I was being one of the Aston. Yes. And, and to be pecked, you wouldn't get a seat. Fabulous venue of the Aston. I remember, yeah. I remember yeah. queues up along the street. Yeah, yeah. 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 But and, the one I went to school to Parvick down, and, and, and we, 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 we were in the yes. school. We were in school plays and, and, and up yes. in the Astor. Yes, yeah. the Astor was a fabulous mm. venue, really, really beautiful. It was a real, it was a real, it was a real old style theatre venue, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Just to mention, I suppose that the Schlivati Drama Group are putting on The Last of the Last of the Mohicans and Losers by Hugh Leonard and Brian Freel just on Monday the 27th. There's loads of other good nights as well. The, I see Blythe Spirit and Stolen Child and uh, the Chestitute and all of those as well on different nights. We mm. go through the ball. So so be we aware anyway from the 23rd until the 1st of April. That's tonight's yeah. College. Mm. Tickets Four, at five, the six. door. And the college. Oh, work. that's absolutely right to mention yeah. the college as well. Yeah. What is there? Um, I haven't found it yet. What's there? Their night, I wonder. No, no. Oh, in the college. Sorry. Oh, I thought yeah. the college. But, yeah. yeah. And of course, the musical will be on the following the weekend. Then, fantastic the as well. So yeah. There's okay. no shortage of stuff, Jim. We'll go on to broadband. I was in Whitegate during the week, and I met three rural broadband vans in mm. Whitegate with all sorts of ladders and lifts <laughs> and everything. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So Whitegate or areas of it must be. But it's it's mentioned there in one of the papers today on page again on page thirteen of the Care yeah. Champion uh, that. I know Broadford have because I was t- talking to Martin Cooper of around mm-hmm. the parishes and he was saying that a lot of Broadford has been um, covered oh, recently yeah. and they're very happy with it. Yeah, um, yeah. Our, our area as well because with those, um, uh, I was telling you that Jim there, there's a, a portal in, in the J grounds which covers all, all the huge area around. Okay. So it's not just Dublin that gets stuff, it's the rural <laughs> places as well, Jim. Well, how long have they to wait for it? But <laughs> 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 well, it's a very good one. We have the I have it in we have it in there now since Christmas or after Christmas and it's very good. Oh, it's when it's, yeah, when it's it immediate, it's so okay. it's comforting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pat, the Clare Champion is 120 years old. Yeah, it's 120 years old uh, this uh, current week, uh, Jim. Um, and they're they're celebrating. They're having a, a meal down in Bunrahi uh, on the 31st. So, um, are you attending that? I, well, I am. Yeah, um, oh, perfect. Really <laughs> great. We're yeah. still waiting for our invite. <laughs> yes, we are. You might put in a good word for us, maybe in advance. <laughs> well, um, 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 this week, 120 years ago, the Clare Champion rolled off the printing press for the first time. The end of February 1903 saw the, the turbulent times in, in Clare printing world when the British Empire through their twisted, unjust courts, closed down the offices of the, the Dean Clare paper, The Clare Man, which has stood for Clare and, uh, and the Irish people and expressed their views on a fearless and fair manner. The order was that the offices be closed and that the printing press be seized. But the bravery of Tom Galvin, who had owned and ran The Clare Man, stood out and searched the sun and found the phoenix who rose from the ashes, which is now the marshal in, in the clear champion. Mm-hmm. I, ar- I arise to complete my task, a marshal which stands proud today on the front page. The clear champion Tom Galvin was described as it at the time as a fearless and patriotic editor. There's a, a nice article there, and the Dora Bearfield notes. I won't read it all yes. now, but just a. And it's still, the Galvin family are still involved. They're still, right? yeah, the, the yeah, Galvin I mean, family are still, still yeah. yeah, they are, yeah. Mm. It's a, an institution at this stage, isn't yes. it? Yes, and of course, the, the Clare Journal was there when it started, and that That's folded right, yeah. up at some yeah. maybe a decade or so later. Yeah, John Galvin is the, is the present owner himself, and Shelley, the, his wife, and, and they're, they're, they're the present owner. And you've had other papers that have come and gone. And gone the Clare people. And there was one back in. Was was it there back was, back there was Shannon years ago. What there was, was well, there's been multiple papers. Yeah, yeah. There was, the was, was, the there was one back in the 70s, something there like was. the Clare Review or something like that. There was, that. yeah, there was, yeah, well, yeah, for a while, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, listen, we'll go on anyway. It's good to hear that now. One of the things I saw, and there's a lovely picture of St. Patrick, I'm looking is there in front of David on the, the East Clare page, um, uh, St. Patrick taken in Killaloo. But I'd have to say it's the only picture from any parade in East Clare uh, in the Clare Champion. And they have parades in Doolan, Doonbeg, Shannon, Ennis, Milltown, Kilrush, and Liston Varna. Oh. Yeah. And, and yeah. nothing from it. They have a lovely two page spread there. Yeah. And they have other pictures and through the it. The Tullapipe Band are very prominent, but there, was, there were marching where? Uh, I see David in front of you. Where T- was that? The Tullapipe Band at Doonbeg. At Doonbeg Parade. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not Inside yeah. Dallas. Yeah. I assume plus that. Oh, he would have been there. He was. The, yeah, I saw him in Scarlet. Yeah. Our, our own Dara. Uh, Leamy. Now, I was just, I mean, Pat will have heard this, and, and the two Pats will have heard this before, that people often around here call it the West Clare champion. Yeah. And, and you, you'll have heard the <laughs> mention of that. Well, the Clare Echo have, have a page on Tolligan. They have, I, and, yeah, and in yeah. fairness, yeah. they have. Parligan um, Shore will be looking after all these Clare. But still in all, there, there was a fine parade in Scarif. And there's not a there's not a dicky bird about it, and uh, the O'Gunlo the O'Gunlo school the O'Gunlo people came up. I don't know why they didn't go to Killaloo. They some maybe they swap every now and well, again. Sometimes they go to both. Yeah, yeah, sometimes they go to both. But there's no picture of Killaloo either, mm-hmm. and there was a little parade in Bedike. And there's no picture of that. So and if I got my invitation for the dinner at, uh, <laughs> for the 120, I'd be turning it down on the point of view that there's some sort of East Clare racism going on. Mm. There was also <laughs> a fine parade in Fetal. We have uh, early on yeah. St. Patrick's Day. We have, we, have, we have a couple of uh, prominent photographers in East Clare. Now. How come they haven't been out with their, their yeah. camera and sent it in the photographs? Mm. Yeah. 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 But it's just, I think it's, it's something that, you know, it's often been said. Uh, that Scar- certainly the Scarf Parade usually isn't covered at all. There's, um, no. That fabulous picture of St. Patrick that is on the, the East Clare page. It's just Patrick with this magnificent beard. And I have a really funny feeling that beard doubles up on another time of the year as well. <laughs> yeah. for, an, for another, for another uh, entity. Yeah. Yeah. But it makes a mockery of the, the headline, St. Patrick's Day 2023, around the county. Yes. yes. There's only around half the county. Around half, half the, the county. Good point. Yeah. But I think it needs to be said. Past torpy hurries, and we're in a rush. Yeah, uh, because we're we're facing the final whistle is going to blow shortly. Well, I um, probably don't. I I haven't got the article right in front of me, but I mean, it's, it's bamboo, really, isn't it's it? It's the bamboo, yeah. and it's it's the minister. Um, Pascal 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 who was in Innes on Monday. He, he's testing the bamboo. Oh, yeah, well, I, 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 I'm reminded of Michal, Michal Murahertig one time when he was to mention Sean O'Helpin playing for Cork. The father was from uh, Fermanagh and the mother from Fiji, and he said, neither are holding stronghold in any other commentary. I would suspect that Pascal, uh, Pascal isn't from a holding stronghold. He's looking very great trepidation at the ball as it was a living thing going to jump up and bait it. <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll give him his place on the Dublin team. <laughs> <laughs> he nearly gets it now. But uh, look at the serious point is that the innovation as was shown by Lord Torp is in developing the bamboo early with all the issue of ash dieback and diseased ash trees and scarcity of ash and ash being imported from far away and the, and the, and the what's the word, the footprint carbon footprint etc etc which is another story to be able to develop a lot over the decades where all of those who love hurling are involved are aware of the fact that various woods and other pro- materials, including Wavin, the piping material was tried. Wavin, they thought, might work, but it was too much of a kind of vibration. Mm. Uh, other woods were either too hard, too rigid, or you too You remember soft. the plastic one back in the 80s? Did that come in the well, 80s? That be the Wavin one? Pla- no. Yeah, I'd say it, it was. the Wavin company who makes the pipes for oh. uh, it. Was it was heavy as well. Yeah. 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 But I think it's a great story that uh, the, in fairness, the Clare Company has developed the uh, successful bamboo stick. Uh, I know it's coming a long way, but can we grow bamboo in Ireland? Oh, we, we can, can grow yes, bamboo. Yes, yes yeah, we all have oh, bamboo stuck somewhere in the garden, yeah. I think. And that also that um, senior county players are now using it on a regular basis. I think Would Coo Cullen be rolling around in his grave? Do you Coo think? Cullen? I'd say would be only thrilled <laughs> the amount of people that are playing the game now uh, without having to kill wonderful, beautiful hounds that they're running for the fun of it. Yeah. And I'd say he wouldn't... I don't think he'd worry about the material being used, no. to be honest and about it. Michael Cusick would probably be delighted as well. Yeah, so look, I think it's a good news story. And I mean, uh, ash, obviously, there's a big issue. Yeah. Although other sellers, the ash could recover. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, I can give that view of you, which is very... Well, ho- well I yeah. hope, I yeah, hope yeah, we it will. So. I hope yeah. it will. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Pat, you found an RNLI... Uh, 
story there. Story, yeah. somewhere. A good news story again, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jim, on, on these player page, yeah. Quick acting, course scout saves the... Um, Jessica Quinn's the story. Uh, Lockyer, Gong, and Ally, and Killaloo Coast Guard have been commended for their quick action in resulting 40 people whose vessel ran aground on Lockyer at the weekend. On Saturday afternoon, Valencia Coast Guard requested Lockyer, Gong, and Ally lifeboat to assist the people on a 40 foot passenger vessel around on rock, which ran aground on rock, Rocky Shoal on, on Bovine Point. In the County Galway Shore at the northwestern end of Loch Derg. Mm. So um, everyone was, was uh, about yeah. back to well, safety. Well, it's great to know that these are volunteers. Totally. Who, who go out and rescue people. Heroes, all those groupings, in fairness to them, yeah. 100%. And we found yeah. out, Luke and myself were down in Kildu on the when the Gardaí were celebrating um, their centenary last year, and we found out that the, the RNLI, they, they actually rescue on land as well. If they're required, oh yeah, you know? in, yeah, up on mountains and on mountains, and, and, yeah. Um, so it's really anybody, mm. any of us could be the real heroes yeah. of, of one of them. Anyway. Okay, listen, we'll we stop there. We could keep talking because there there are loads. Of, I have a page load of stuff here from the papers, but I'm afraid you'll have to go and buy the Clare Champion yeah. or get your free copy of the Clare Echo or subscribe to the Clare Echo online um, to get the full picture any time during the week. Um, to, to continue uh, first of all Pat O'Brien many thanks for joining us thanks Jim Pat McNamara off the bench again today uh, so again many thanks Father Jim and David Fleming and good luck with the with the book in yeah. in UL and we look forward to seeing it thanks very much Jim so now Pat O'Brien Pat our resident DJ has something to play us out on uh, we love Harry Belafonte with Island in the Sun oh beautiful song my wife loves Harry Belafonte singing. Okay, that's it for now. Uh, we'll go out with Harry Belafonte. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll talk again or we'll, next week with the help of God on next Sunday at 2 p.m. So from us here on Scarlet Bay Community Radio, goodbye and God bless. This is my island in the sun Where my people have toiled since time begun I may sail on many a sea Her shores will always be home to me